what does a digital-only church look like and who is it for? Find out in a minute because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes. My name is Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is a place where ministers come to learn some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today I'm really excited because I've got two people that I'm talking to. One is Jeff Reed. You've heard him before, and he's a great person to talk to about online ministry, which is exactly what we're talking about today. But the other person that we have on the podcast is Angela Craig. And Angela's been doing digital ministry for a really long time as well. In fact, she started the first ever social media church in the Assemblies of God Fellowship. It's called Pursuit Church Live, and she's been doing it for a number of years and is killing it. And so today, the three of us talk about how do you get started in a digital-only church? What does it look like? Who is it targeted to? What are some different factors that you need to be thinking about as you start your digital-only church? But before we get into that, I do want to just highlight, if you've enjoyed the podcast before and love getting it, definitely go to iTunes and subscribe to it, or Spotify and subscribe to it, or you can go to ymsidekick.com. All right, we're ready to get started. Let's hear from Angela and Jeff about starting a digital-only church. All right, with me, I have a tag team uh, of sorts. I've got my friend Jeff Reed with me, uh, who's been on the podcast before, but I have a newcomer to the podcast, Angela Craig, uh, with me, and I'm really excited to talk to her today. Uh, I I could care less about talking with Jeff today, but... Just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, 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 I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be the pretty face of the podcast. Oh, there you go. And, I, uh, and, and let you and Angela have a conversation. No, that's great. Well, Jeff, Jeff kind of connected uh, Angela and I together, uh, and so we're excited to have the three of us talking about digital-only churches today and what do they look like and how do you get started. Uh, but before we do that, I just want everyone to introduce themselves again. Um, so, Angela, why don't we start with you? Um, who are you? Where do you live? And uh, what do you do currently? Angela Craig, I live in Washington State, and I am the founder of Pursuit Church Live, the first digital only or social media church in the Assembly of God Fellowship. We founded in 2017 and just recently in March of 2021, merged with another digital only church. So we're uh, at about 19, just over 19,000 people following us and in 48 countries and 49 languages, although I haven't checked. I didn't check this morning. <laughs> <laughs> the digital world. Uh, I have, I'm married, have two grown boys who are both in college, one that's graduating next week. Oh, wow. How, how is that? Uh, being the mom of two boys that are in college. Yeah. Um, now, now I have dogs. So <laughs> keep me company. No, it's great. I'm really proud of them. They're doing awesome. So um, I love education. So that they could go to college is a big deal. That's great. Have you always lived out in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, born and raised here. That's great. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. area. So, I mean, you live in one part of Washington. I live in the other and it's opposite sides of the country. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Angela, thank you for making time uh, to be with us today. Uh, Jeff, how about you? You uh, tell me a little bit about you too. Is Washington D.C. considered a state yet? Like, I I know there was like a movement to make that the fifty first state. Has that? There's that there's happened? always a movement, and there's depending on who's president, it gets either legs or it doesn't get legs. Okay, it's, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I'd have to rewrite all those history books, and that just seems scary to me. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Jeff Reed, I, I live in Miami, Florida, so I am the exact opposite uh, from, from where Angela is, um, married, two kids. Uh, I've, I founded um, the church.digital uh, company, blogs, websites, podcasts, all, all sorts of video streams, just really helping churches figure out this whole digital thing, how, how to do... I mean, streams are nice, but let's let's get beyond that. Let's really get towards this idea of creating a disciple, creating multiplication, disciple making movements 
um, in digital space and, and how the, the church, can, the physical church can, can take advantage of it to be fidgetal. People make fun of me, fidgetal. It's, uh, it's okay. It's a word. Uh, and then the other part of that <laughs> is, which I love this topic, honestly, like this idea of a digital only expression of church, a church without walls, without a building and, and, and how we can create a priesthood of all believers via a digital technology and utilizing these tools in a way to empower people to reach their circle of influence for Christ and to disciple them. Like this is, this is, this is why I wake up in the morning is, is to have conversations and then to have pastors look at me and say, you're crazy. That's, that's the other half of the equation, (laughs) which fires you. It gets you, that doesn't get you fired. It fires you up. It gets you excited to kind of, to press on because God's doing some great things in digital space. Uh, and so we, the church, we need to start to acknowledge that and, and even join him in that. So, well, I knew pastors were calling you crazy before COVID hit because you've told me stories numerous times about that, but are people, are pastors still calling you crazy now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's different. It's, it's like, uh, I mean, and we're talking digital only. So like, it's, it's this idea of, of a digital only expression of church. There's a, a church, DJ Soto's, Oh, he's got maybe a thousand people on multiple continents that are engaging in his virtual reality mm-hmm. church. Um, and, and so, hey, in virtual reality church, we're going to do a, a baptism service. So we're going to baptize um, avatars. So, yeah, we're going to let people get baptized using their avatar form. And uh, b- by the way, DJ uh, was actually globally represented because he was baptizing people in virtual reality space. BBC mm-hmm. over in England did a story on him. Wow. Fox mm-hmm. News, uh, CNN picked it up. The Daily Show did a mm-hmm. shtick on the guy who's <laughs> baptizing people in virtual reality. And, and so like that, and I, you know, sometimes, honestly, sometimes I just like to poke the bear. I know it's, <laughs> yes, and you, so do. <laughs> you have that conversation with the pastor and uh, yeah, you know, what's going to happen. Yo, you can't baptize people in virtual reality. There's no actual water molecules that, that are touching. And, and so look, listen, baptism, it's, it's a symbol. Uh, you're doing it in front of people. You're declaring a witness. Yeah, okay, virtual reality baptisms may be a little weird. Um, will I get before God one day and say, hey, what do you really think of this? I would love that answer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But looking at the tools that are available, I'm seeing a life change happen, and mm-hmm. that symbol being done publicly in front of witnesses, mm-hmm. even if no water is actually touching the skin. And so rather than to, to quibble over whether it's good or not, let's celebrate it and let's move on towards other things like disciple-making that are often lost in the church to even start with. That is awesome. And that will, mm-hmm. this little will segue into kind of my first question with Angela mm-hmm. here. You know, um, Angela, I want to ask you, you, you started this digital-only church. So what mm-hmm. caused you to start this? Um, and then we'll get into the biblical basis of it. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that as you were starting your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a good question. For 10 years before I founded Pursuit, I was the director uh, for women at the Northwest Ministry Network, and we were resourcing and strengthening and developing leaders of the 340 churches, AG churches in Washington, Idaho. And so the biggest question pastors were asking at the time was, how do we get people to come to church? Uh, we all know that. That's still a question we're asking inside our organization the learning organization because we did a lot of training events a lot of leader development we were asking how do we get people to come to events (laughs) so kind of the same thing people want to come but they just there was so many barriers that were in their way of money or time or schedules and and so i started doing facebook groups and these were specifically i started them for the 340 churches for women to gather online and to be equipped to reach their communities for Jesus. So here's the surprising thing is that um, we had 500 people within six months and 40% of those women were not uh, going to one of our 340 churches. In fact, 40% of those women were not attached to a church at all. So they found us because we were saying, you know, find your purpose in Christ uh, and and they wanted to know Jesus and they wanted to know how to serve him. And so I had always had a heart for everybody outside the walls of the church. And I, it was a big frustration for me. I just had no idea how to reach them. And here God puts drops this in my lap of here's a way, here's a way. 
So I went to our superintendent and said, I want to start a social media church. I don't even know what that looks like, but I want to try. And he said, that will never get approved. <laughs> but <laughs> within the denomination, right? It won't get approved. Within yes. The, yeah, okay. yeah. Within the national office. Yeah. Uh, but um, if God is calling you to do it, you have to do it. And you don't need man's approval. You just need God's approval. And you already have that. So I started just um, really experimenting with digital. We tried every platform. We tried, well, probably not every platform, but most every platform. We tried having an app. We tried streaming to a website. We tried streaming to Facebook. And we, we ended up landing on Facebook because that's where all of our people were coming from. And it was a free platform. And, and now we, there's 3.6 or 8 billion people coming to Facebook every month, plenty of people to minister to, and people are there to be seen and to be heard, and they want a witness to their soul, and and um, I knew God was calling me to that, and and so in the first year, we had 7,000 people, 27 um, salvations, and 32 baptisms, Wow! and so the national office did approve us uh, as a, as the first social media church, and that's how we got started. <laughs> that that's awesome. What why did they say that the denomination would never approve you? Like did, did they have a reason? This kind of goes into our biblical basis. Right. Here. Yes, because you know from the outside if if we're looking at it through our own lens of what social media is, you know, we're posting pictures for our family, we're, you know, sharing events. There's there's not um there's not a meeting of a group a body of people there is in a wider sense but not it's not what we know as church and so we know churches you come to a building you listen to a pastor and you might be in a small group and you tithe and um and hopefully we can get you to serve in your community <laughs> so uh i think that our ecclesiology of church has been really formed by our experiences so you look at at digital and the good and the bad of it and you think, ooh, no, that's not church. How could that, how could you ever connect someone on social media? What I found was something completely opposite and surprising was that people were connecting faster because they're meeting together daily. Um, there's that ability to be vulnerable because it you have a lot of um, space. Like you think about being a person who's, um, who has to walk through the churches of a door and you don't know anybody and everybody else knows everyone and how like how hard that is for someone to physically walk through the doors of a church and so this is a way where people can um, can explore faith and purpose in a community without that um, fear of of you know being rejected and i think it's a real thing and then our, our whole goal was to get people plugged into in-person community, mm -hmm. you know, after they realized we're not weird and we love them. Uh, and that actually has really the people that God has called us to serve are those that are, don't have a spiritual home, can't go to church or won't go to church. Um, and so that's been, we've had, we have more than enough people to serve in that category right now, but the goal was to get them in, in person. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jeff, I, I sense you have something to say here. Of course. Um, <laughs> listen, if and, and if a digital church serves as that front door to mm -hmm. getting people connected to Christ and restoring them to the place where they join a physical mm -hmm. community, mm -hmm. awesome. Like mm -hmm. embrace that and run with that. That's a phenomenal strategy. And, and I love that Angela has been doing that with uh, her church and, and and setting that up. Let's let's get them engaged uh, in in regular readings of the word. Let's let's get them connected into a small group. Let's let's get them uh, teaching. Let's get them maybe even at a, at a micro location or, or or something like that. I I do think there's there's a role of physical and even as you're doing digital only. Yeah, there's this. Hey, we do maybe there is like an ecclesia part where there is some sort of a physical gathering or, or something like that, or maybe it's even a challenge in our own life to try to create something new. But then we also need to recognize, like, 
in Iran right now. The literally I had, had a, a a converted Muslim pastor tell me I was talking about all this digital stuff, and I'm really excited as you can tell talking digital. And uh, so I had this I had this Muslim pastor tell me I was telling him all the digital only stories we're seeing, and he he kind of honestly he got a little annoyed at me. It's it's cool. Uh, and he says to me, "Hey Jeff, you know who's really good at uh, at, at digital church? Uh, who's really like leading the way in digital church?" I said, "No, who? I'd love to meet him. I'd love to talk to him. Let, let me let me learn from him." And he says, "Literally every pastor in Iran, anybody who's a pastor in Iran is excellent at digital church because that's all they have. They don't have the option of gathering physically. I've actually talked with an American in Iran." For 20 minutes, the dude wouldn't turn his webcam on because he didn't trust me enough to actually show me his picture. And then he told me stories of all the people in Iran that wanted him dead uh, because he was an American, because he was a pastor, because he was training other pastors on, on how to do church in, in, in digital space. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't need the physical or at least if you do need the physical, now we're invalidating a lot of what Iran's doing because for the majority of Iran church, it's all centered around broadcasts which connect with individuals and, and, and championing this idea of a single Christian in a home witnessing and sharing with the individual family. That's what the church is. The mm -hmm. church is literally the house where that one Christian is now trying to witness to the rest of the house. And mm -hmm. so church can look different. And, and, and I think mm -hmm. that's the lesson that we're learning from, from Angela. It's man, all these different things are not what we would typically see in a Western church. That doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make it bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's a few things you guys both said that I thought were, was interesting again about the front door thing. I, I remember early on when we were launched our campus our online campus uh, for uh, New Life is uh, people were a little nervous. They're like, it's going to take away people from the in-person gathering. You're going to mm -hmm. take away people. And we're like, no, it, it's not going to take away people. We're hoping it, it's being used to introduce people more to our church and that they would want to come in person and that they'd want to connect. Again, we were, you know, this isn't new for you all. You guys know this, but um, you know, people are looking at your websites first, you know, they're looking at your, um, your social media first. And if they see a church service, they're going to probably watch it online first before they come in person, because there is that barrier. I think Angela said, there's a little barrier about coming into the church front door. So mm -hmm. if this is an option for them to experience Christ and experience community and sing worship, I think that's a very valid thing to do. Uh, but I also think now in this time of COVID, and as we're coming out of it and more churches are reopening, um, I, I think less and less people are coming back in person. I still think they're going to experience church, but it's going to be these uh, these digital only churches that I think they might latch on to. What, what do you all what are you all seeing about church attendance and the, the proliferation of, you know, digital only churches? Mm -hmm. I want to answer that uh, with some Barna research, but first I do want to say, tagging on to what, what you and Jeff are both talking about, is I don't usually fight critics, but I will fight them if they tell me that our church is not community, mm -hmm. because the people in our church are so incredibly close. And closer, I can say I'm closer to the people in my digital church than I ever was to people in, in, in person, because there was always kind of this uh, comparison or who you had to be as the pastor. Um, and there was um, very little vulnerability in the church, which vulnerability leads to transformation. And so I think that our churches today, yes, have, have the purpose of having people translate into your, into your in-person gatherings or starting ones where they're at or being the person in their home that is Jesus to everybody. But they, I think where our churches right now are lacking is that they're not ready to serve people online. They're not ready to discipleship every day online. They're not ready to love people every day, to pray with them, uh, to help resource them online. And, and so I think that's, that's something that we have to uh, really, really look at.
And now that I said all that, I forgot your question. <laughs> well, well, you're gonna you're gonna quote me some Barner research about. Think, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yep. So the the um, the 2020 um, Barner research on the state of the church said that uh, only 25% of Americans uh, would call themselves practicing Christians. So that means there's 75% of the just just America. We're not talking like Pursuit Church Live is half of our church is not in the United States. So that's, you know, digital reach to every corner of the world is you have to have that mindset um, or you, you could decide to have that mindset, I guess. So really, if we look at that, who is serving those 75%? And I think um, with COVID, yes, we are seeing, and Jeff probably has stats on this, um, I think only 35% or something of people are returning to in-person. But when you, you find another way of, of of discipleship. So you're, you know, I'm going to go for a run after this and I'm going to listen to someone's church message, or I'm going to talk to my small group on, on the Marco Polo app, because that's the way that now we've, we've had this amazing gift of technology to, to help us. But if we don't utilize those things, no, people are going to flail. So we have to be kind of inventive and, and creative in bringing people Jesus, not the way we think it should be, but the way they need it to be. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with with all that. Uh, I, I think that if we, the church, are are broken, and, and and if we stay broken, we we stay humble. I think there's an opportunity for us to to reach a, a different type of person and, and to reengage. But I think when COVID sped us up. Culture was already changing. We were already heading in this direction. COVID just sped up culture three to seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and so the road, which is, we, we felt that pain point. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, there's this politics thing and this race thing. And it's like week to week to week. It's because mm-hmm. literally COVID is speeding up the virtual VCR machine of life. And we're seeing this stuff fast forwarded. And, and as a reality coming out of this, the value of the church, the value of the organization has never meant as little as it does today, at least in, in, in modern history. And, and this is where we need, we need new models of church. Mm-hmm. We need new expressions of church. The mega giga multi, the large church, is, is not the only way to reach people. And, and, and it's frustrating where even the church plants and the people that are starting out, they have these dreams and these aspirations of reaching as many people as possible within their organization. I had a mm-hmm. had a friend of mine tell me, Jeff, it's it's the goal of every church to grow, not to grow as big as possible, but to grow big enough to multiply, to create, to do something new, mm-hmm. and then grow again. Grow mm-hmm. up to the point where you can multiply and release out. And so it's not these mega giga giant things as much as it is to multiply. Several years mm-hmm. ago, and Tom, I think I told you this story. Um, I, I, right when I stepped out of a, a mega giga multi-site church, I, and, and I'll be honest, like my worldview, and I think it was like 2018, and so it's crazy to say, within three years, my worldview has completely shifted. But And it was really in regards to this one conversation. I'm sitting in the living room of, of a pastor friend of mine here, here in Miami, and, and try, honestly, I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life. And uh, no pressure, though. Uh, it's, it's good. But my, my friend said to me, he says, hey, Jeff, do you know the average church in America is, is 78 people? And uh, I, I, it was funny. I remember kind of laughing and guffawing out loud and, and like sarcastic. And, and, and he's like, why are you laughing at that? And I was like, well, it just sounds like bad leadership. I mean, we've got we've got all this power. We've got all this message. We've, we've got all of this stuff. But you're telling me right now that the average church can only gather 78 people. 80% of the churches are under 200 in size. Um, man, it's it just, it sounds like it's a giant waste of, of space and a giant waste of time. And uh, I remember my pastor friend looking at me and, and saying, well, Jeff, what if that's because that's the size that God wanted it to be? Mm. What can you do in a small church that you can't do in a mega giga multi? 
and all of a sudden this relational aspects and the disciple making and 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 getting onto that one-on-one relationship where you're able to help people better understand the scripture instead of trying to to mass feed out really it it just it changed the perspective and if we could do that in in um in in micro churches if we can do that in in digital space all of a sudden we're reaching different types of people now the the big buildings will still be around like i I don't want to belabor that but to say that that's the only way to reach people now now mid post covid no because there are people that won't go anywhere near that building um and so we need to be thinking different by the way uh, gallup 72% 72% in 1999, 72% of people were involved at some level in church. Today, for the first time, and that's not even Christian church. That's Christian, that's mosque, that's Jewish. Um, 72% in 1999. Today, 2021, 47%. Oh. Over the past 20 years, we've lost 25%. And once again, I'm not even just talking Christians. There's others <laughs> in, involved in that. So for us, the church, to say, hey, February 2020 was awesome. Let's just go back to that. Guess what? We we had previously lost what eighteen twenty percent at that point uh, over the past twenty years. So we've been failing for a while. Yeah, we have to do something different now. Well, and I love this because part of the things that comes to mind while you guys were sharing is you know again you think back about the newspaper industry. You know, back in the day, the newspaper industry was primary. Their subscribers were tons. There were t- I was a I was a Washington Post mail carrier. I was throwing out tons of t- newspapers every single day. And then it, digital happened and it started shifting and started changing. The newspapers that shifted and changed to digital, even just a little bit, were the ones that survived. But there was other ones. There was ones, I, I know there was some in uh, San Francisco, some in Denver. There were ones all over that did not make the switch from paper to digital and they failed. And they ended up going bankrupt or, or, or falling through. I think about my experience working with Young Life, great organization. And I remember being trained with Young Life and you were trained in thinking about the key kid. If you could just get the key kid back in the 60s and 70s, if you could get the football, um, the team captain, of the football team and the team captain, of the cheerleading squad, you are going to get a ton of kids at your Young Life club. Well, over the years, it changed. And now there's not just one key kid. There's multiple key kids. There's multiple. There's a key kid in this area, key kid in that area, key. And it makes me think about digital again, you know, sure. There's going to be people that want to come to in-person services, but there's going to be a lot of people that that doesn't relate to. So we have to be able to, to change our methods and change our, change our ability to reach them by doing different things, which is all digital. Mm-hmm. That's good. Angela, so as you got started with your um, with your digital only church, what what was it that you needed to do to get started? Like, how did you get started? Who who was your target audience of sorts? Like, if you're trying to encourage someone today and starting a digital only church, what was what were some of the things that you did to get started? Mm-hmm. Well, first you have to know your why. I think I explained our why for sure. Just my my passion for people that were outside the walls of the church that didn't feel like they fit. Uh, that was my who and people that ha- didn't have a spiritual home. I think God is pursuing uh, every single person on earth. And so uh, we need to be in their space and be able to answer their questions. And then we had to talk about, well, where are we going to be? Um, that's going to look different for everybody, whether it's um, VR church or um or Clubhouse now, a lot of churches are going live on Clubhouse, which is the new flat platform or um, Marco Polo or uh, Facebook or Instagram. You have to find where your people are and then go there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so those were kind of the ways that we got started. We did a lot of experience, experimenting. And I would say if what you're doing right now isn't working, uh, try something else. The question that I would also um, have, I have new church planners or people that are interested in digital planning do when I'm coaching is write down your ecclesiastical minimum of what is the church. And I think then we separate our experience of what church is and what actually God is calling us to do. And that can make it easier. Also um, asking the question, can you gather without it being the church? 
Well, absolutely. And right now in digital space, I would say the expression of that is if you stream your service and never follow up on anybody, that is gathering without um, being the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would you add to you're that? Just, sorry, at that point, man, you're just, you're creating content to consume, but you're not relationally mm-hmm. connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love that idea of creating. It's, it's, it's a bad term. At least I feel bad when I say it, that, that minimally ecclesiology of, okay, mm-hmm. what's that core base level? Uh, mm-hmm. of, of what you're going to make a, a church a church and and what what seems to be the general consensus in conversations with people that are actually open to those conversations it's it's some level and intentional churches has talked about this with their uh, gospel engine um, it's it's the uh, great commission engine excuse me it's the large gathering it's it's the small group and at some some level you're getting people on mission uh, what that mission looks like mm-hmm. is obviously up for definition, but those are really the three components. Yes, there's baptism. Yes, there's uh, communion. Yes, there's all mm-hmm. sorts. There's giving. There, there's all sorts of other things. Meetings, people's needs. Go hang out in Acts mm-hmm. 2. I mean, I literally just mm-hmm. walked away um, from a, a meeting with some globally known organizations talking about digital church, and I said, hey, what's your ecclesiology? And they said, basically, we're doing Acts 2, 46, or 42 to 47. Whatever that church is defined in those scriptures, that's what we're trying to do um, with with digital church. It just looks different. But but the end game and, and, and Angela, I would love your your take on this. I, I got a bunch of giga church, mega church, multi site churches, current church, church plants, digital churches. Hey, what what makes what's the key component for you to be successful in, in, in digital space? And, and every one of them to the T came to this conclusion: we want to get one on one as quickly as possible with an individual. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to have a face-to-face conversation because if we can have that level of conversation digitally, that's going to allow us to build a relationship that's going to be helpful long run. Did you, Angela, did you see that out of uh, PCL? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't be successful if it wasn't for our our drive to follow up with people, to build one-on-one relationships with them. Now, face-to-face meaning like if I was Zooming with someone, most of our face-to-face is a profile picture, Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't um, do other face-to-face options for people. We, so, but I don't, I don't honestly see that as being my, it's not my number one goal is like this face-to-face anymore because I've seen the value of building, discipling people every day and equipping them for service without this type of, like right now we're on Zoom, podcasters can't say that, but we're on Zoom, we see each other's faces. Um, Would it be, I don't think it's any less meaningful if we were just hearing each other's voice. So um, the one-on-one follow-up is very important uh, and you need a big team to do that. So at Pursuit, like 19,000 people isn't a lot, and as far as social media goes, uh, but we decided years ago that we needed to go deeper, not wider. This is not about getting a large following on our Facebook page. This is about discipling people and building relationships. And that takes time and it takes energy. Uh, and, and so that's where our focus is, is to grow our, our roots deeper. So I, I like this because that was going to be my next question I, I asked about discipleship, mm-hmm. digital discipleship. What what are you specifically doing with digital discipleship there for you? So for us, we when we when someone comes to our page, we connect with them through private messenger, and you can do that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful, and we find just get to know them. Where do you live? Um, how did you find us? Uh, do you have a local church that you go to? I, people will tell you their stories and just listen and answer their questions and then find out what they need. Do they, you know, are they interested in one of our prayer groups? Are they interested in joining a, we use the Bible app a lot for uh, Bible studies. So we have multiple, yeah, waving. He's, you can't see Tom waving, but he is. He's like, <laughs> yes, uh, because there's so many options there to meet people's needs. I know Stephen Fogg and I've quoted him quite often says, um, people don't wanna see your live stream. They want you to answer their questions. And so if we can meet someone where they're at and get them plugged in, it's amazing. And I, can, I give you an example, um, Sterl, who has come, she was introduced to our church. She had COVID 
uh, and someone posted on and tagged her in our prayer room, which has over 700 people, but tagged her and said, could you please pray for my friend, Cheryl? She has COVID. So because of the tag, I was able to reach out to her and say, you know, just following up to make sure you're okay. Well, it turns out that Cheryl is, uh, she's not only has COVID, she's homeless, she's black, she's a widow, she's, she's um, disabled, and Cheryl is living in Minneapolis during the George Floyd trial. And, and so this is really in, an impactful time for her, but she is completely plugged in to our, we have uh, messenger small groups as well. And so she's able to uh, put an audio recording or if she wants to do a video recording, she can, or she can connect with someone. They're usually, these groups are about, I think our smallest is 14 up to 20. And so um, that is just how kind of an example of one-on-one -on -one works is following up with someone, finding out what their needs are, finding out how we could plug them in and uh, then just building a relationship with them. You have to be intentional and, and, it, and it does take time and it, you have to be in it for the long haul. So just, you can't just acknowledge someone one time and then move on. That doesn't, that's not what this is about. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, I, again, I, I love the uh, Bible version app because you're, you're, you're right. There's teen studies, there's adult studies, there's mom studies, there's dad studies, there's love stories, there's friendship stories. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many different studies you can do that I think is fantastic. And I, and I love using that. And I've actually used that when I, when people have joined our study, one thing that I've done with discipleship is the ones that I see that comment a lot and share a lot, I invite them into another private group of mine that I use on WhatsApp, and I invite them to be almost like digital discipleship and digital missionaries. So I try to get them to think, okay, how can I be sharing about the love of Jesus, taking another step of faith, not just doing a Bible study now, but then thinking about that digital missionary mindset. Uh, and I've had good response with that, and it's been really cool to, to find out that kind of stuff. Uh, Jeff, what would you add? Angela is an incredible individual, and we should all listen to what she's doing. What she's doing. Um, if if we're not, when we look at digital, it's so easy, and even digital ministry. And I know Tom, you talk we we talk a lot about digital ministry on here, and and through digital boot camp and, and all that. It's it's very easy to look at digital as, hey, I'm I'm trying to get my message heard around the world. Uh, I'm I'm trying to reach a billion people. I want to see people get baptized in Ethiopia. Um, 1995, Billy Graham did that. One message heard around the world. Uh, one sermon, literally a billion people, 20% of the world's population, heard Billy Graham speak. His message was bounced off of a bunch of satellites, translated in real time, multiple continents, uh, multiple countries, like a billion people, literally heard Billy preach. That was, that was 25 years ago. Uh, technology doesn't, it's, its strength isn't, isn't the billion. It's, its strength is, is that intimate relationship um, its strength is connecting three people together in a conversation from, from Miami to Washington, D.C. to Washington State. And, and so how we do that and how we use that tool is, is the win. And, and it's so easy to look at it like a digital-only expression of church and to say, oh, well, that's, um, you know, that's cold, that's distant, that's, you're not really in real community. Yeah, we are. You don't really know those people. Yeah, we do. It it really depends upon how the user is going to use the tool. It can be used ineffectively to try to get a billion people to buy into your concept, or it can be used to build relationships with individuals, either face-to-face -face or text messaging or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or Discord or, or Slack. And, oh, my gosh, there's so many different tools. And, and the, the tool can flex big or the tool can flex very, you know, hyper cut, very small in size. It really just depends upon how you're going to use that tool. Um, but to say that the tool can't or even to say that God can't use the tool. I, I, I just I, I think that's that's lazy thinking. I think that's grounded in what used to be 
And I'm not even sure it was what it used to be. Like, I can remember having some of those intimate conversations 20 years ago as I was teaching a Bible study with 75 people around the planet in the year 2000. We went through the book of James. There were three people from United Arab Emirates. I don't even know where UAE is right now. I could not pick it out on a map today. But there were three guys who were going through this Bible study with us 20 years ago. And so we had those relationships, we had those connections, we had those those opportunities to help people grow closer to God, utilizing technology before Facebook, before MySpace, uh, and, and before smartphones and webcams. So to say that God can't use this today, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't buy into it. We're seeing too many successes like Angela and others uh, to say God's not. It's, it's really church. We need to be praying about how we're joining in this innovation. Just looking and seeing where God is moving and trying to see if we're part of it. It's not that God can't. It's God is. Are you going to be a part of it, or are you going to ignore it? And there's only yeah. so long you can ignore this. It's the the whole Blackaby experiencing God stuff, you know? Amen. I mean, you know, you got, where is God moving? And, you know, God is using this time uh, for us to minister to people and they may not come back to our service, but that doesn't mean that they're, they're not experiencing Jesus in some way. And so by us doing this uh, is really important. Okay. So I told you guys, I would only take about 20 to 30 minutes of your time and we are over that time. And I want to be honoring of your time. Uh, so as we kind of wrap up here, um, I, I do want to give you guys a final opportunity to just share something that maybe I didn't ask you that you love to share about digital only uh, and the effectiveness there or the strategy behind it. So why don't we share about that just for a few minutes? Whoever Angela, wants. you go first. <laughs> It's, it's weird doing two people, like uh, interviewing two people, because you never know who's going to step in first. So that's, I, I'm learning some good podcasting lessons here. So Angela, go ahead. I think I would just encourage anyone who is exploring digital ministry to, to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice hmm. of who he's calling you to, because I know that God is raising up people not just for digital only, but for other expressions of church. And we need that if we're going to reach the 75% of people that will not go to an in-person building that don't consider themselves practicing Christians anymore. We need people in the workplace. We need people that, that really are doing exactly what you said, Tom, is, is seeing where God's at work and going there. And, and so God, if you're that person, God has anointed you. He's raised you up for this specific time in history. Uh, don't um, doubt that. And also connect with networks of people uh, that are, and learn from what they're doing and see, you know, you'll get a greater idea of what you're supposed to do by learning from others. And when I started, that's what I did is I looked for anybody who um, was already doing digital and just message them and ask them, you know, how, how are they doing it? What are they doing? And so building those peer networks is really important. And you being in this group is, is one of those peer networks, um, listening and, and learning from each of you. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've discovered a lot, uh, about this network, the online ministry network is that everyone's so open to share experiences and encourage you and, and spur you on. It's been a very encouraging thing for me as I still feel like I'm new at this. So I, I would strongly affirm what you just said, Angela, Jeff, what would you add on? Oh yeah. Always something. Um, <laughs> so if, if you're interested in in planting, well, first off, there's tons of resources. Tom does great here with YM Sidekick. Uh, Digital Boot Camp is is phenomenal on Facebook. I know I know he talks about it. We've got a bunch of, of free resources over at the Church Digital, and would love to, you know, make that available. Podcasts, blogs, video streams, Facebook, whatever. Let me just go go check it out. If you're an established church trying to understand digital, or if you're interested. In planning a digital church, and, and really, that's that's the second piece of this. Like we, Stadia, uh, we're jacked up, excited to to do crazy things like planting digital churches. We're we're working with planters right now that uh, that want to plant or that are in the process of planting churches in in Facebook, and Twitch, 
um, uh, micro locations that are hyper uh, located into areas utilizing digital technology, virtual reality. Uh, we've got we're training disciple making practices for people that are planning churches in uh, in video games. Black Desert Online, Final Fantasy fourteen. Like so, hey, these are crazy ideas. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're serious. Let's let's do this. As a matter of fact, Angela Craig doesn't know this, but I'm going to ask her to jump in one of these cohorts. I've actually got three. Um, female digital church planners and and like Angela I want you to come be part of this cohort where we're going to be leading and training digital church planners we'll work out the details later and and she'll probably tell me no but that's fine once again it's this idea of of sharing resources and connecting I'm I'm, I'm big on that and and so rather than doing something alone especially when when you're crazy but you're right it's torture because no one else around you believes what you're thinking and that's when you second guess yourself. That's when you second guess God. And all of a sudden, you, you're alone and isolated. If if you're thinking crazy like this, connect up with other crazy people. Um, now, uh, make sure the crazy is God based. Like, I, I don't 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 go like you know out of left field here. But get connected. Get connected with people who believe. Start reading resources of people who see the world like you do. I, I just this this past week, I I I've. I've been having crazy ideas in my head about some strategy, something, and, and, and trying to figure out how the pieces would, would work together. And I had a conversation with a guy, and he's like, oh, there's a book on that. Really? What's the book? And I get this book. It's called Multi-Church. You can Amazon it, look it up. And I'm reading this book, and I'm like, this is exactly the stuff that's been in my head for five years. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And, and, and with that comes comfort, because now it's like, it is possible I can do some of this stuff. I have the the wisdom of others who is confirming some of the things that are going on even within my own head. And, and so going back to experiencing God, you're seeing how God is speaking through others around you. It's one of those ways that we see God move all the mm -hmm. way back in 1976. Henry Blackaby was a genius yes. 50 <laughs> years ago, man, 40, 44, whatever it was. And, and so that's the heart of this. Find ways to connect with others and, and see where God's moving, help them in that journey, work together towards this and, and find ways to partner. Don't isolate. Technology is going to isolate you anyway. Find mm -hmm. ways to connect where possible. Mm -hmm. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, is, Jeff is so right. Um, if I could piggyback on that is one of the things I'm hearing from our church planters is, you know, I can't seem to convince anyone around me in my denomination or my, my church, my local church that I'm serving at that I should do this. Um, whatever that this is that God's called called you to and and I'm and I'm with Jeff is that you can't wait for them to give you approval because if I would have done that there never would it be 19,000 people at pursuit um, and so because our denomination still is not moving forward to approve digital churches so if I would have waited I would not have been obedient to God Mm -hmm. And that obedience is freedom. So I yeah. definitely just go for it. Connect with us um, if you need encouragement and help. Yeah, because if you don't respond to that, the, the, what the Lord is doing, it's you're you're basically acting in disobedience uh, to God. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. uh, one quick question, Jeff, um, where do people find out about your cohorts? Do they go to the church.digital or is it the Stadia one? Yeah, you know what? I mean, the church.digital can get you there, uh, the church.digital slash planting, or you can go to stadiachurchplanting.org slash digital, D-I-G-I-T-A-L, and, and, and would love to to have some conversations uh, to, to figure out the right cohort. I mean, literally probably 20, 25 people at this point, and, and you're like, that doesn't seem like a lot of people. That's a ton of people that are thinking different uh, towards it. And, and so love the fact that that people are being brave here in, in pioneering mm -hmm. uh, in in this space, um, you mm -hmm. know, not not to oversell this, but it's almost like it's it's like the second reformation here. We have an opportunity to do something in, in a different way to impact the different people, and we just need some people to step up and realize, hey, like this this old method is is okay, maybe it's good, but there's a way to do something different. And if there's mm -hmm. one thing we're seeing, different ways reach different people newness begets um, growth. And, and so take a chance, do something different and, and, and reach a different type of person.
That's awesome. That's great encouragement. A- Angela, before I let you go, uh, I know you have a blog and you write about this stuff a lot. Um, share with people how they can connect with you, with your blog, and then some social platforms. Hopefully you utilize Twitter as much as Jeff and I do, but you know some people aren't <laughs> like that. So uh, talk to us. I'm, I'm actually awful at Twitter uh, because I spend so much time on Facebook. So you can connect with me personally on Facebook and Angela Craig. And also I wrote a book uh, when COVID hit. It's really short. It's called Online Jesus. It tells our story and it gives, it's just a simple guide to building community, discipling and caring for people online. And you can go to the website for that is, well, you can get it on Amazon, like four bucks, Kindle or something. But, um, but you can also go to my website and it's onlinejesus.info. And we also have a Facebook group. It's small and we do um, like currently we're inter- we're interviewing people that start pioneers on Mondays. And I'm trying to do things that Jeff is not doing <laughs> so, so that we can um, compliment each other because um, he's an incredible partner in ministry. So um, those are the places that you can find me. That's great. Well, I will include all your all's links in my show notes. uh, And so people can just easily click on them and go to them. So uh, Jeff and Angela, it was fantastic having you on. Uh, I really appreciate you all taking time to spend with me today. It was an honor, Tom. Thank you. Love it. All right. So there you have it. My conversation with Angela and Jeff. This was definitely one of the longest Uh, podcast episodes I've ever had, but it's been a great one because they've got so much knowledge. So if you're not already following Jeff and Angela, definitely go into the show notes and click on their links so you can follow them and get all their content. They've got so much valuable resources available on their sites and uh, just connecting with them on social media. So I would strongly recommend you to do that. But what I'm curious about right now is what stood out to you, what encouraged you, what challenged you, what discouraged you? about starting an online-only church, and what other questions do you have about it? Definitely uh, share them with me. You can go to Twitter, at TA Pounder, highlight me, tag me, uh, and so we can keep this conversation going on. But I would love to hear what you're thinking about in regards to starting a digital-only church. What does it look like for you, and what questions do you have? Uh, let's, again, let's keep this conversation going on right now. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for our episode. Again, thank you so much for staying with me. I really appreciate uh, you doing that. If you want to subscribe to it, as I mentioned earlier, go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe, or just go to ymsidekick.com. There, I've got all the information about um, po- blogs and ebooks and podcasts and vlogs. I've got tons of content for student and social media and digital strategy. So go there right now and get more information. But y'all can also go uh, there and find out information about the Digital Bootcamp, a free Facebook group which is designed for all ministers from all different backgrounds to learn digital tools to help us expand our reach in ministry. So I would love for you to go check that out today as well. All right, heroes, well, thanks so much for joining me, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, have a great one.